This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mrs. Caudle's Curtain Lectures by Douglas William Gerald. Read by Martin Clifton. Introduction Poor Job Caudle was one of the few men whom nature, in her casual bounty to women, sends into the world as patient listeners. He was, perhaps, in more respects than one, all ears. And these ears Mrs. Caudle, his lawful wedded wife, as she would ever and anon impress upon him, for she was not a woman to wear chains without shaking them, took whole and sole possession of. They were her entire property as expressly made to convey to Caudle's brain the stream of wisdom that continually flowed from the lips of his wife, as was the tin funnel through which Mrs. Caudle, in vintage time, bottled her elder wine. There was, however, this difference between the wisdom and the wine. The wine was always sugared, the wisdom never. It was expressed crude from the heart of Mrs. Caudle, who, doubtless, trusted to the sweetness of her husband's disposition to make it agree with him. Philosophers have debated whether morning or night is most conducive to the strongest and clearest moral impressions. The Grecian sage confessed that his labours smelt of the lamp. In like manner did Mrs. Caudle's wisdom smell of the rushlight. She knew that her husband was too much distracted by his business, as a toyman and dull merchant, to digest her lessons in the broad day. Besides, she could never make sure of him, he was always liable to be summoned to the shop. Now, from eleven at night until seven in the morning, there was no retreat for him. He was compelled to lie and listen. Perhaps there was little magnanimity in this on the part of Mrs. Caudle, but in marriage as in war it is permitted to take advantage of the enemy. Besides, Mrs. Caudle copied very ancient and classic authority. Minerva's bird, the very wisest thing in feathers, is silent all day. So was Mrs. Caudle. Like the owl, she hooted only at night. Mr. Caudle was blessed with an indomitable constitution. One fact will prove the truth of this. He lived thirty years with Mrs. Caudle, surviving her. Yes, it took thirty years for Mrs. Caudle to lecture and dilate upon the joys, griefs, duties and vicissitudes comprised within that seemingly small circle, the wedding ring. We say seemingly small, for the thing as viewed by the vulgar naked eye is a tiny hoop made for the third feminine finger. Alack, like the ring of Saturn, for good or evil it circles a whole world. Or, to take a less gigantic figure, it compasses a vast region. It may be Arabia Felix, and it may be Arabia Petraea. A lemon-hearted cynic might liken the wedding ring to an ancient circus, in which wild animals claw one another for the support of lookers-on. Perish the hyperbole. We would rather compare it to an elfin ring in which dancing fairies made the sweetest music for infirm humanity. Manifold are the uses of rings. Even swine are tamed by them. 
you will see a vagrant hilarious devastating porker a full-blooded fellow that would bleed into many many fathoms of black pudding you will see him escaped from his proper home straying in a neighbour's garden how he tramples upon the heart's ease how with quivering snout he roots up lilies odoriferous bulbs here he gives a reckless snatch at thyme and marjoram and here he munches violets and gillyflowers at length the marauder is detected seized by his owner and driven beaten home to make the porker less dangerous it is determined that he shall be ringed the sentence is pronounced execution ordered listen to his screams would you not think the knife was in his throat and yet they're only boring through his nose hence for all future time the porker behaves himself with a sort of forced propriety for in either nostril he carries a ring it is for the greatness of humanity a saddening thought that sometimes men must be treated no better than pigs but mr job caudle was not of these men marriage to him was not made a necessity no for him call it if you will a happy chance a golden accident it is however enough for us to know that he was married and was therefore made the recipient of a wife's wisdom mrs caudle like mohammed's dove continually pecked at the good man's ears and it is a happiness to learn from what he left behind that he had hived all her sayings in his brain and further that he employed the mellow evening of his life to put such sayings down that in due season they might be enshrined in imperishable type when mr job caudle was left in his briarly world without his daily guide and nocturnal monitress he was in the ripe fullness of fifty-seven for three hours at least after he went to bed such slaves are we to habit he could not close an eye his wife still talked at his side true it was she was dead and decently interred his mind it was a comfort to know it could not wander on this point this he knew nevertheless his wife was with him the ghost of her tongue still talked as in the life and again and again did job caudle hear the monitions of bygone years at times so loud so lively so real were the sounds that job with a cold chill doubted if he were really widowed and then with the movement of an arm or foot he would assure himself that he was alone in his holland nevertheless the talk continued it was terrible to be thus haunted by a voice to have advice commands remonstrance all sorts of sores and adages still poured upon him and no visible wife now did the voice speak from the curtains now from the tester and now did it whisper to job from the very pillow that he pressed it's a dreadful thing that her tongue should walk in this manner said job and then he thought confusedly of exorcism or at least of counsel from the parish priest whether job followed his own brain or the wise direction of another we know not but he resolved every night to commit to paper one curtain lecture of his late wife the employment would possibly lay the ghost that haunted him it was her dear tongue that cried for justice and when thus satisfied it might possibly rest in quiet and so it happened job faithfully chronicled all his late wife's lectures the ghost of her tongue was thenceforth silent and job slept all his after nights in peace
When Job died, a small packet of papers was found inscribed as follows. Curtain lectures delivered in the course of thirty years by Mrs. Margaret Caudle, and suffered by Job, her husband. That Mr. Caudle had his eye upon the future printer is made pretty probable by the fact that in most places he had affixed the text, such text for the most part arising out of his own daily conduct, to the lecture of the night. He had also, with an instinctive knowledge of the dignity of literature, left a banknote of very fair amount with the manuscript. Following our duty as editor, we trust we have done justice to both documents. End of chapter.